Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show. St. Louis wrap-up. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With you, as usual, uh, we've reunited the gang. Uh, Jason Wygant. Yeah. And David Pingree. Hello, fellas. Ping, I heard an interesting theory this weekend in St. Louis from a fan, and it made me chuckle. And it would make Weeds chuckle, too, because we always talk about how this stuff seems planned, but if only people really knew. So you came up and you did the classic commentary, Pulpamex classic commentary with Greg Schnell. Yeah, uh, and you got very angry at Greg Schnell, and yep. then he came on the Pulp Show to challenge you to a fight at Ellis Mania, and <laughs> did he? Yeah, I guess maybe I didn't tell you that part. Yeah, he wants to fight. He wants to fight you in Ellis Mania. All the money goes to charity. Um, yeah, and he's not happy with you about that. But anyways, so then the next week podcast, uh, you were sick, I think, and yeah. we didn't do it. Yeah. So we got JT. So the fan I ran into at St. Louis said, "Well." It seems to me that Ping's in big trouble because, you know, he did the Schnell thing, and Schnell's very mad, and then conveniently he was sick the next day, and uh, clearly he's he's been either benched or, you know. Oh. And I'm just oh. like, I'm like, if only you th- you realize that we don't think this far ahead. Like, we don't, there's no plan. Here. Yeah, it's much more seat of your pants than yeah. yeah. people. Like, he really was think. sick. And the guy's like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But you're back. I was on my deathbed. I, I actually thought I might be dying. Like, whatever uh, that monkey gave those people in that movie Outbreak, I thought I had it. Wow. I was laying in bed, sweating, shivering. Is it because you diarrhea. Wrote, it's you wrote a oh. KTM the day before? Did you have the KTM disease? I, no, I was sick already. Because that happened to, like, Preston and Summy and stuff that one year. Oh, boy. Um, I thought well, talking enough in the podcast is the way you'd want to go out. Very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My last dying wish. One more show. <laughs> and and, and his, yeah. his last dying words were, you can get a start on a 350. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> the phone drop. <laughs> um, and then you went to Austria skiing So last, for last week. So. Very, yep. very big jet setter. Yeah, well, it was a free trip. So that's why I, I went sick. I was still not feeling good and still said, screw it. I'm not going to miss a free trip to Austria to ski. So, uh-huh. <laughs> This and did not involve KTM, right? Just clarify that for people. For no. One week he rides the bike, yeah, and the next week the point, he gets yeah. for free trip to Austria. Huh? <laughs> How do you like our bike, Ping? How's the chalet you're in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why are you going to get the conspiracy theorists going right now? Yeah, that would have been good. I think oh, that's it was already happening with that one. Yeah. <sighs> Pit buyer was personally whipping up souffles for yeah. Ping in the mo- each morning. Three fi- I've been telling these guys the 350 is awesome. I've been telling them. <laughs> <laughs> Tr- 
trust me, dude. I'm doing everything I can on this side That's of the it. water. More waffles. <laughs> I tell you, I've been saying good things. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, anyways, uh, so hopefully you enjoyed your, your, your trip off and there's no big secret plan. You just were sick and then, yeah, so. Yeah, geez, it's, it's, it's really simple. I don't know. That's funny that people have to make it all uh, complicated and elaborate. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get right to St. Louis. Uh, I guess, uh, first of all, we will co- we'll talk about this. Um, now, to me, Ryan Villapoto won, and he, he was riding great. He had almost to a you, t- he won? Well, he actually won. Yeah, no, he, he won. Yeah. So, he had like a 10-second lead at one point, and Dungey closed in fast and got it down to – you know, a second and a half at the end or two seconds. Now, I was telling RV, like, hey, uh, were you worried? And he's just like, no. I'm like, I was marking him. And, you know, I had him handled. And Mathis, you're an idiot. They don't give you points for, you know, the amount of time you win by. And and my theory is, and I'm going to write this in my column, these, and Ping, you, you can speak to this. These guys are so mental that Dungey, by Dungey running RV down, he has now given Dungey confidence that he can run he can run RV down. And you do not want to give those guys at that level, you know, any sort of edge in thinking. Now, whether it's true or not and all that, who knows? You know, Dungey's riding hurt. He's got a banged up shoulder. And he tracks RV down. And who knows what would have happened. Am I right, Weege, do you think? Or is this, is this all was okay, it was handled, RV said the track was going away, and he, and he, he was being a little more careful? Yeah, I do believe RV, and I believe that is the, the case. Um, remember, uh, the, he, he mentioned uh, to everyone he could talk to, it seemed like, you know, the concrete was coming up, the concrete was coming up. I think he said it a couple times when he was talking to you, right? And remember, he's very sensitive to that because when he crashed at St. Louis and ended his season in 2010, I believe it was because concrete popped up in one of the transitions. He got wheel spin and didn't clear a jump, right? Isn't that how that happened? So... I think he probably was a little extra cautious, knowing the, uh, the the problems that concrete in the floor can cause. Now, I do find it weird, considering it's weird to me. A couple things here. Um, I got hit up on Twitter pretty bad when I said, you know, RV wins, but it was close. And then people were just bombarding me, saying that's ridiculous. RV had it. It was a snoozer. It was boring. It wasn't close. And I realized the difference. If you watch a TV show, they didn't even show you Villapoto until the next-to-last lap. They didn't even show him for, like, ten straight laps. And then all of a sudden, with a half a lap to go, they're like, wow, Dungey's right there. If you're in the building, you were seeing Dungey close for a long time. Yeah. Like, it was seven seconds, six seconds, five seconds, four seconds, three seconds, two seconds. Like, you saw it coming if you're in the building. If you only watched it on TV, you didn't see it coming. But that's why we go to the races, but I still got bombarded for that. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing people will say is, it doesn't matter how much you win by. But then I always counter with this. Well, it usually doesn't end like that. Usually the guy gets the lead and they pretty much maintain it. I didn't see them almost get to Villapoto at the end of Anaheim 1 or Anaheim 2. Or any other victories, yeah. yeah. Any other victories. Because um, <clears throat> there was a heat race, I think it was San Diego, where like Alessi finished like one second behind Stewart. Yeah. And I was like, wow, Alessi only finished a second behind. And then I got bombarded with, you know Stuart was just cruising. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because he usually lets Alessi get within one second of him at the finish. That's always, usually his Always style. happens, right, right. Right, so that's what I mean. Like, it is bizarre when that happens. So I think RV's telling the truth. He really was getting closed in on. I really think he backed down because no. of the concrete. 
Well, you're, and yeah. no, I know what you're saying. You're yeah. you're not you're not questioning. Was that why? You're just questioning. Was it safe? Was it smart to do that? Was it smart to give Dungey that? Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Because paying. I don't think it matters if you're Villapoto because those okay. games mean nothing to him. Okay, but I don't think he cares. He's going to roll in the next race and feel that he could smoke everybody anyway, so he didn't care. Uh, Ping, you're a former racer. Um, I've been told I can't talk about my Manitoba titles as equal to you, so I won't. Um, you're a former racer. Is that Give Dungey confidence? I mean, you know, like, is that a bad thing? What happened for Villapoto? Not a good thing for Dungey. Bad thing. Villapoto says no. Weech says no. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I, those guys will cling to any little thing that helps helps them build themselves up or whatever, you know. So I'm sure Dungey's this week going, okay, I was reeling him in. You know, I, right. I, I'm sure he's using that right. in his head. No matter what Villapoto says, he's going to use that this week to try to get fired up for the weekend. Well, to me... I think that um, I think we just right. I think Villapoto is probably, you know, you got to look at the big picture here. Chad Reed's out, closest guy in points. The guy was probably going to challenge him. Um, he's at St. Louis where he got wadded up a couple years ago and ended his title hopes. Okay, he's got a nice little cushion. He's got a big lead in this race. Like uh, maybe he just hit a point where he went, okay, you know, maybe I need to just chill her out a little bit. You know, I don't need to win this by. A long ways, mm-hmm. but that's what that's what I would be thinking. And you can see how many championships that won me. <laughs> um, but the thing that is strange is that you know maybe Dungey would close in a couple seconds, or you know the last couple laps he'd pull it in. But it's like you said, he he was closing the whole you know that whole second half of the race and consistently just pulling him in. That seems a little off to me. So right. I don't know. It, it's that seems. A little extraneous for him to be just taking it easy in this one race, which he doesn't. Ryan doesn't do that really. You know what I mean? We haven't seen him do that all year. Um, but there are those things that I mentioned with you know the previous injury. Now he's got a nice cushion. He doesn't want to have another deal like what happened in Jacksonville, where he goes from all these points up to right. Well, you know. to me, if I'm Ryan Dungey and I'm running Sandhills all this week, uh, in my mind I'm like, I got this guy. I got him. I would have won couple more laps I, I tracked him down from eight seconds back and I, I know I can do this I know I can do this you know you know how confident yeah but that probably. doesn't change reality I mean how many races has done faster than Ryan Villapoto this year like zero really well Ryan's had a whole crap yeah that have let Dungey sneak up and win but if you're going straight speed okay so who, who would pick Dungey over Ryan Villapoto so Ping you're saying that I mean, Dungey may be the slowest of the fast guys you just oh, may you, if you were going that well, way, well, I mean, I, I think consistency is his strong suit. <laughs> I don't think robust speed is where he shines. Well, it's kind of a. I kind of let you like I threw you under the bus a little bit. It's, it's just an, an inside joke, a little bit with me. Why? Yeah, well, thanks a lot for that. Hey, no. look, look at the results. He, he's how many times has he beaten Stewart? You know, a more lot. times than yeah. Stewart's beat him. Right. So, no, he's not the slowest fast guys, but. I don't think he's got Ryan Villapoto's speed right now. Raw, okay. straight-up speed yeah, on the I mean, track. Yeah, you know, Villapoto was not worried. Uh, even, you know, when I shut the recorder off, I was jazzing him a little bit and saying, dude, he was catching you. He was catching you. And he was just like, basically, you know, Mathis, F off. See, see this week in Daytona. See what happens. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, St- James Stewart. Another, uh, another. I mean, a good race. Uh, it's a moral victory, but 
at this point, that's How all it is. How a moral victory? Because he came up. Fifth. He was at he was at times faster than than anybody else on the track for two, three, four, five laps. He was faster, second fastest lap time, right behind RV, and uh, he was on it. Wygant, don't you agree? Yeah, he was on it actually more than I thought uh, he would be on it. Yeah. Um, I'm usually railing against the, you know, with Stewart. Just, it's always the, the highest or the lowest. It's always always drama in one direction or another. You know, it's always great or horrible and nothing in between. And then I fell victim in that because the start in the main event was ridiculous. It was so bad that you, Mathis, actually said, man, Stewart just slept while the gate dropped. That's how long it took. Like, you said that as it was happening. Yeah, I, like I, normally the difference yeah. between a good jump and a bad jump is like a millisecond. Yeah. Here it was like a completely visible, observable to the naked eye how long that gate dropped and how everybody took off and how far behind he was. And then he fell in the first lap, and then I started to think, I'm like, all right, what is the deal here? Are you like, is this like just completely giving up? Like, oh, I got another bad start and I fell. What do you expect? Like, right. you know, there was always that theory on some guys where you didn't really want to get the start because yeah. you didn't want to show what would happen if you did. Yep, yep. And I hate to say it, I was I was starting to get on that. I'm like, okay, how many weeks can he just get the worst start and then fall in the first lap by complete coincidence? There's nothing to it but just random bad luck, really. But then he rode actually really well again coming through, and I'm like, okay, maybe he's better than I thought. I, I thought that start was him throwing in the towel, but maybe not because he rode really well. Better than I thought because in the heat race, practice wasn't that great. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, in the heat race, I remember saying, I think Metcalf held him off for almost two laps. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, yep, another classic Metcalf <laughs> holding Stewart back. Stewart just can't do anything with Metcalf. Another <laughs> classic of their duels. Happens every week lately. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Maddie just, Stewart just doesn't have an answer for Maddie's speed. Um, so after all that, I was really starting to wonder. But uh, then in the main, I thought Stewart looked good. But more victories, whatever, I mean. Yeah, at this point, that's, I mean, he's. Is he yeah. over fifty back now? Let me. I got the points in front of me. Let me <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, he's uh, fifty-three. Yeah, yeah, fifty-three yeah. points back. So, um, right. But I am gonna go out on a limb right now. I, I, okay. I am gonna go out on a limb right now. I did it last night on the Pablo Mech show. <coughs> Are you ready, both of you? Stewart, Stewart is going to win Daytona. Stamp it. Stamp oh. it. Yep, he's going to win Daytona. That would be huge. Yep, I feel um, it. I feel it in my bones. So let's see what happens. I just, I, you know, I, I, I could take the safe route and say, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. Who knows? But I, I think this is the week. I think Daytona is it. You're going genius yeah. or idiot route? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to be yeah. there anyway, so I don't have to get, get the mocking that, you know, oh, from there. Oh, good point. But, uh, yeah, I think he's going to win Daytona. So let's see what happens. But uh, I think that's an exceptional challenge because I feel like the Daytona deal last year was one of the – he had a lot of weird crashes last year, and then all was traced back to the bike, apparently. Well, the Daytona one was one of the most high-profile of those crashes. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about setting up a bike and stuff, especially when, you know, he hasn't ridden outdoors in a while, you know, that's, that's a really tough test. So I think that would be bigger than just winning. Winning Indy two weeks from now I don't think would be as big a deal as winning Daytona, I would think. Yeah. Well, stamp it. What do you say, Ping? How does, no way. Uh, Still a photo of Eastern Alive this weekend. There you go. Okay. I like the confidence you guys have. Filippoto yeah. eats him alive. There's a 33% chance one of us is right. Go ahead, Weez. Take Dungey. 33% <laughs> chance. Uh, yep, I got Dunge. 
Okay, there it is. Brayton, does that make any sense? Uh, no. Well, let's let's talk yeah. about Brayton. Uh, it's a celebrating. Jesus, I can't believe I said yeah. that. Yeah, uh, celebrating. Uh, hey, good job for him, though. Uh, he hasn't been able to ride. He rode this past week for the first time. Generally, though, he hasn't been able to ride since his huge get-off to San Diego. And, man, he was great. He was really good. He's starting to separate himself a little bit, I feel. I thought at yeah, the beginning of the year he was going to have a have a breakout season. He was going to be that guy that was the best of the rest. And, man, those opening rounds were just painful. I don't know if it's just the pressure of being at Honda. I think he kind of knows his his situation there is precarious. Like, he has to perform, you know, because they've got Barsha probably coming up. You know, they love Kennard. Mm-hmm. Unless he really kills it, there's not room for him to stay at Honda. So he's got to have a good year. And I, I don't know if that pressure was just getting to him or what, but this is more like the Justin I was seeing at the practice track back in November and December. You know, just going, yeah. wow, yeah. he's going to have a great year. Second career podium for him. I guess uh, Weege, he made Seattle, right, you said, uh, 2010, which I don't even remember. Yeah, but it was um, – Tommy Hahn made the – It was a bit of a depleted, of a depleted field because – what's uh, that? Tommy Hahn got second that weekend. Was that the same race? Yeah, it was the week like after Villapoto broke his leg, and then Dungey was trying to win the title, and I think got like fifth. So you had Hahn and Brayton on the podium, and Wyndham won. It was a kind of a that was when it was just night. ruts, like crazy yeah. muddy, ruddy dirt. Yeah, the, rut, the whoop yeah. section was like a, a war field. Well, that's yeah. it's, it's two out of the last four races that Brayton has been the best of the rest, and this is without you know this is riding injured too. Um, he twittered that he was on crutches on Monday, so. You know, clearly it's a bad enough injury. So, uh, good for him. That's what he needs. Hey, uh, speaking of injuries, what about Dungey? What's the deal there? Well, it depends who you talk to. Apparently his yeah. shoulder was falling off, and he got super lucky in a bad crash. Why can't? But he said to you that it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, well, I think it's easy when you get the result then to say it's not. A big deal, right. you know what I mean? Right. I think it. I think it was a much bigger deal than it looked. The the part that surprised me of all was, you know, right off the get go in practice, he was pretty much. You couldn't really. I think people were watching him closely to try to find signs. He didn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I heard quite a bit about uh, how bad it was, or how bad the wreck was, or what kind of work they had to do to get his shoulder in place. But you could not pick out. I think at any point during his riding during the day. Well, I, it looked I, could, I could pick out that it looked to me like if those whoops hadn't broken down, that they were still going to have an issue with that bike through those whoops, the first set. I, yeah, he maybe got bailed out because those whoops were not bad. But, again, in yeah. those whatever whoops they did have to deal with, right. he, he didn't look like he was um, – didn't look like he was hurt. No, no, he uh-huh. rode great. I mean, let's like I said, he, you know, he he came from the back. We all saw it. Um, Ping, you saw it too, and uh, you know, he 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 deserves props and and he rode rode well. And you know, he had a brace on. Apparently, he had a brace on and good, very good chance he probably got shot up. Um, so he's riding with all that and um, got second, tracked down the leader. I just feel like we're gonna have three point swings here, back and forth. You know, although this weekend will be two points because Stewart's gonna win. So it's gonna be right. tough. It's gonna to be tough for him to make up those points. Really tough. How many points has Dungey back? He's uh, thirteen. It's not too far yet. At what point does it get to be ridiculous? Twenty. Yeah, I mean twenty. But then we saw the points leader not qualify for a main last year. So 
uh, and we saw Eli Tomac blow a 23-point swing. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe anything can happen, you know? Uh, um, what else this weekend? Uh, you know what I was thinking? Um, if you're a team, I'm, skip, I'm skipping over a lot of guys here, but if you're a team and you lose a star rider and you need a fill-in, I'd say Matt Gerke is about as best you can hope for. You know, he's made uh, he's made four out of the six mains, and he got his best finish of a 12th this weekend. How come he didn't have a team? Why again? Why was he a filler? Yeah, I don't I don't quite get it, because uh, coincidentally I was talking to uh, Jim Perry, who was the team manager when Yamaha had a team, and now he still goes to the races, you know, supervising the seems, team that Yamaha does have. Seems a little upset and in the direction some of the teams are going in that ride blue. Yeah, well, I guess that's the difference between being the team manager right. and just overseeing others, right? right. Or frustrated, I guess um, would be a better term. Yeah. Frustrated. Well, it's funny what I was saying to him, and, and you were in the hallway with me on this one. I'm like, man, that's funny how, like, a couple years ago it was like, the sport is going this direction. Yamaha is so forward-thinking. That's brilliant on their part. There's no reason to have factory teams. That's not the way big-end motorsports work anymore. And now it's like, how could Yamaha be so dumb to not have a factory team? How could they let this get out of their hands? <laughs> it's funny how it works. And he's like, well, yeah, when you're winning – Whatever you do, no matter how dumb it is, looks really smart. Right. And then no matter how smart you are, if you're losing, it looks really dumb. Um, but anyway, back to back, Erky, he said one of the biggest wins he felt, like the most pride in, was when they won Southwick 09 with replacement rider who? Matt Gerke. Matt Gerke. He said all year they were struggling, and it's so hard to separate, you know, is it us, is it the rider, is it us, is it the rider, is it the bike, what, what right. is it, what is it, what is it? Right. And when they had a chance to have a replacement rider got a win, it was such vindication that our whole year has sucked. But I guess our bike and the team was actually okay. Well, um, I mean, it was in the sand, and that's what Gerke. Yeah, I mean. Well, he threw that in. He's like, yeah. I know that it was, you know, complete luck that Chad Reed crashed while leading and he was gone. Yeah. You know, I think the guy he had to beat for the overall was John Dowd, who was like 80 years old at the time. Yeah, he's 81 um, now. <laughs> yeah, 81. 82. But the point is. They were so pumped on Gerke, and then I'm like, wow, that's really cool that the guy came through, and then he was just completely, since well, then, he's pretty much been on a scrap heap. It's funny you, uh, you do say that, Weege, because this, again, comes back around to Gerke, because oh. the, the Butler Brothers team last year had Kyle Regal, remember, at the end of the year? And they saw their bike ride top 10, 6, 7, 8, uh, 6, 7, 8 in the Nationals, and it yep. really gave Forrest Butler, the manager, a sense of, hey, we're on the right track. We don't have the horses, maybe, but we're okay. Like, our, our bike can do it. Our team can do it. Um, you know? And, and so yeah. it's a, it, it's a, it, was a little, it was a little relief for them um, that it's working. So, Yep. Jimmy does think that uh, the next weekend at South, or at Steel City when Tommy Hahn won, Gerke would have won that one also, but he hurt himself in practice. He would have done it on a dry track, too. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. a lot of pride. A lot of pride, and then, like I said, where's the guy now? He didn't have any kind of ride at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you can, all you can ask for uh, for a fill-in guy is, is that, you know? That's, that's, that's the sport's that. brutal that way, man. Just, just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know who I think would argue your Matt Gerke is the, the best replacement rider you can get? Cole Seeley. I got it. Yeah, oh, I got a text coming in from Brian Stegris right now. <laughs> Here it comes. Please give us, please. Uh, his thing cold, now is cold uh, impressive, huh? 
I think it was just as good. The riding, I think, it was just as good as St. Louis and Atlanta. I know he didn't lead laps, but oh, he, he was, was right, right there. He, he was right in that group. Second in yeah. the heat. What's the text say? Dungy in what's, the heat. What's the text say? Um, people are getting scared. People are getting nervous. That's it? Well, I mean, I could elaborate more, but, I mean, they're texts. They're not supposed to be for publishing. But the overall theme here is the riders, the other teams that have to face him every weekend are starting <laughs> to get scared. Oh, I love it. I love yep. it. He's like, did you notice he beat Dungey in the heat? Huh? I think Dungey's starting to get worried. I would not want to have to be anyone that has to deal with him right now. <laughs> right? Oh, you're He's right. up your rear end with the with it all. You be dudging the point. Did you see that? Um that's awesome. <laughs> Please keep the stories coming. Where did you say that did you say that he wanted to do a podcast or he was just asking about ours? What was the deal? Uh no, I mean, well, oh. I'm sure we could bait him into it really easily, but no, he hasn't mentioned that. Oh, but okay. it wouldn't be hard to put together, I'm sure. I misunderstood your uh, your text. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike-car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. What about Davey Millsaps? Whole shot, lead, then became sort of an anchor around lap 10, 12. Um, I've been impressed with Millsaps rod this year for the most part. He's been consistent. I thought this weekend... He obviously got pushed out of his comfort zone early on because he whole shot and he led. And then I think he, just, I mean, you know, he said after the race he tightened up, quote unquote, which means he got tired or arm pump. Um, mm-hmm. And then he became sort of a guy that, like, he, everybody was behind him, looked at the 405 freeway, and then one guy gets by him and just immediately puts on three seconds. And then there's three guys behind him, and one guy, one more guy puts three seconds on Davey. Like, he was, I don't want to say in the way, uh, but he was in the way. And so it was, I think it was a little disappointing when you hold shot and lead that long and end up getting sixth. Uh, why, Gant? What do you think? Am I, am I being too harsh? No, I don't think so because um, even – I think we commented on the show recently that the, the TV announcers try to, you know, not, not be too edgy, don't cut anyone down that badly. But Emig could not resist the obvious, which was, wow, how about the fact that Stewart started last, Millstep started first, then Stewart fell, and then here's Stewart being held up by Millsaps. 
trying to get by him. Like, what does that say? I mean, you know Stewart's supposed to be faster, but it's like at the beginning of the race, one guy starts first and the other guy starts 20th. That doesn't happen very often. And then then they crisscross. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in a 17 minute race. As right. I, as I said, this been, isn't like a four-hour NASCAR race where you know yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you can uh, start last and pick your way through or whatever. I've been harsh right. on on Davey, you know, in the past, and and I but I do think he's been riding better this year and riding well. He got fourth last weekend in Atlanta, which is total coincidence, of course, as we covered. Uh, yep. Atlanta means nothing to him. Special. Um, no different than any other race. No different than any other race. Yep. But this yep. weekend, I thought it was a regression. It was back to, you know, to kind of the old guy that. Could have done better had he been in better shape. So, um, yeah, I think the standard is to try to, like you keep saying, try to be at least the best of the rest. You know what I mean? And and Brayton, Wyndham, uh, put it to him pretty good. So he wasn't. You know what I mean? He started in front of those guys. Yeah. Um, what about what about Marvin Musquin? Guess what, Ping? He was on a 350. Guess what? He got a terrible start. Terrible start. <laughs> well, top ten, sucker. I earned Denny Stevenson. Um, what? What about Denny Stevenson? Remember, he wasn't sure if he should pick him for a ten. He was double points oh, in the yeah. fantasy dork league. I, I forgot. I said he'll be top ten. Yeah, I promise yeah. you. No, I was. Yeah. I, I called that too. I said top ten also. Um, no, I didn't. But no, he rode well. No, he didn't. No, he rode well. Um, I don't know how much TV time he got, really. Um, but he rode well. He came from the back, uh, moved it forward the whole race, and uh, he was good. He's a, this guy's uh, legit. You know, I bet I bet on a 450. I, I, you got to admit at this point, that bike Dungey's riding is much better than the 350 he's riding. Oh, really? Right. Oh. What's so up? I What's wonder up? how he could do on a, a full-size motorcycle. What's up, Captain Obvious? Um, you might want to think about that trip to Austria before you say that. <laughs> Man, I'm already back, you know. Yeah, you've already s- yeah, over. You already skied your <laughs> you already skied your balls off. Um, no, uh, he he rode good. You know, I I like Musquin. I think he's a good guy. Weege, do you have any dealings with Super him? Super good guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah, one of the nicest guys. He's this is how nice the guy is. He will go out of his way if he's leaving the track. If he sees someone he knows, he will stop his rental car, rental car, beep the horn just to wave. And I see him. And I see him in other teams' pits all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that, but oh, dude, I believe it. He's just—he is just hanging, just like what's up, Bonjour. Uh You know, uh, just—he's a—he's fr- a good guy, friendly. Yeah, yeah. He was really fast too in practice. His number was in that top five a lot. He ended up sixth in in, in qualifying, but I mean, he was third, fourth. Um. It was good. Now, he told me after the race that he was so worried about that first rhythm lane. It was rutted, you know, on the very first lap, you're coming out of the first turn, and there's 20 guys, and everybody's jumping every which way. Yeah. I almost get the feeling that he didn't even want to get a good start. So, let's... Ah, the 350 apologist. Look at it. Look at him go. He said he was so nervous about the first rhythm lane, because it was so rutted. Yeah. So, watch. He's going to pull a whole shot in Daytona. Here we go. Watch. Right. The dude doesn't, you know, when, when you jump on a big bike like that, it's hard to get figure starts out. I mean, uh, I know Sealy's had a couple good ones, but it's not easy to go yeah. from, like, the way you've been doing starts on 250s Sealy, and adjusting to all that additional bike. Sealy might be on the best starting bike out there, too. We saw, I mean, that thing is, it seems to put people at the front. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, Nick Way's been riding better lately. 
DV, DV934, working with him. Um, at this point, Nick says that he basically just argues with him on purpose to get him all worked up and to hear him start yelling. But whatever it is, whatever it is, it's working. I think Nick Way, his he's, uh, last uh, four races, he's been 10th three times and uh, 11th the other time compared to the earlier year where he was 16th and 15th and 18th and didn't make the main. So, you know, he's yeah, but is that just attrition? Is that just guys out? Wah, wah, wah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> is it? Or is he riding much better? I think he's riding better because his, his qualifying times are better. I don't know. He's 150, 150 main events, though, this weekend. Lost in the hype of the Kevin Windham. Oh, yeah? Did you? Hey, Weege, they, they gave Windham, and congratulations to Windham. They gave him a starting gate that he rode over for the 200th main event, signed by the track crew. Really? Really? Like, they gave LaRocco a skid steer. What? Yeah. When he made 200. They gave him a skid steer. Or 228 or whatever. Whenever he made something. They gave him a whole tractor for his house. Now, these are economic times. They're tough for everybody. But a piece of plastic framed with the track crew sign signatures? I couldn't even tell. They showed it on TV. They showed the whole ceremony. I couldn't. I didn't realize that was a starting gate. I just saw Monster Girls holding some gigantic plaque. Yeah, it was with the you signatures, know, and I'm like, the, what is that? The gate he wrote over. I, I hey, oh, I, I mean, I, I'm not. Listen, I didn't give him anything, so maybe I can't talk. But this was like really a watch, maybe yeah. a watch. <laughs> You know? Wow. A tractor versus a plastic gate. Signed by the track crew. Mm. Anyways, maybe, again, just like the Jeff Alessi thing, I'm just being bitter, I guess. Now, Jeff didn't make the main. I wonder if he heard the uh, failure to thrive speech at the Raptors meeting and just said, oh, forget it. No, man. he crashed. Black flag. He crashed. Yeah. Um, he did tell me, thanks for supporting me, Mathis, after the race. And I said, well, actually, I haven't been. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, you okay? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, see you later. Very awkward okay. conversation. <laughs> you okay? Did you really say that to him? Yeah, because his hurt, he was limping pretty bad. His, his foot, you know, he's got jacked up uh, feet and stuff, and he went down, and, you know, that's all. I mean, I, I don't want to see the guy get hurt. or. or you know. All right, here it is. Halftime entertainment to fix that lull between the LCQs in the main or whatever it is. Chris Gossler and Jeff Alessi do a running race around the track. <laughs> um, you know what I like? More like to, a hobbling race. I hey, guess it would be. You know what I'd like to see come back, and I, I, I've been meaning to write this or say this, and I guess I'll, I'll say it now. Um, nothing made me chuckle more than the people trying to roll a tire around the track. That was good times back in the day. Either way, you... liability though. Now, some guy goes over the bars on the finish line rolling a tire, and then he owns, you know. Yeah. Half of Monster and Feld and everything else. You ever see that, Wygant? No, I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, that was a what is it, a tractor tire or what kind uh, of tire? No, motocross tire. Car tire. Oh, mo- oh, I saw a car tire. Okay, yeah, whatever. Car tire, motocross tire. You just roll around the track and you race. And it always ends up, you know, good times with people eating shit. Someone told me they once had mountain bike races at halftime, which to me would seem about the boringest, most painful to watch thing. Did anyone ever see that? Uh, no, but there was a there was a f- photo on MXA of Mike Bell hucking a double on a mountain bike, but when one of those halftime races. Yeah, 
I just can't imagine how boring that would look. All right, I can't imagine how boring it is talking about guys putting tires on this podcast, riding around the track with the tires. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else from 450s? You want to just uh, move on to 250s? What did Metcalf get? I don't know. Eight. He got eight. So well, let's move on. <laughs> Him and Weimer were at it for, for a while, you know. He. Yeah. Kevin Wyndham got fourth. I thought Wyndham was going to maybe make a podium. Seemed to stall late in the race uh, a little bit. Because, well, under the powers of Justin Brayton, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think he saw that number 10 and said yeah. it didn't happen. Hey, you think Mitch Payton's happy with Brock Tickle's finishes with his season so far? I don't think that's going well, but I think he's got bigger fish with Blake Baggett. Mm. You know? Like, there was a yeah. long – Weed, you saw that. There was a long talk, and I loved your interview with Blake. That was interesting also. Surprised he didn't take a well, swing it was hilarious at you because they had just finished talking, and I walked over there, and I was like, "Well, if he's sitting here by himself, I have to interview him." So I was like, "Hey, you feel like doing an interview, don't you?" And he and Mitch both had a pretty good laugh over that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought he was going to take a swing at you at, at one point. Um, yeah, calling dogs. Hey, so uh, no, I don't think uh, I don't think that's working out too well right now. And 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 last yesterday on the show we had our you know most surprising rider and most disappointing rider, and uh, I I I I called it Tickle was my most disappointing rider. I thought he'd be better. You talking about just in the big bike class? Yeah, yeah. I thought he'd be better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, who was your most surprising rider? Uh, in this big bike class, uh, Hanson. Yeah. Hanson. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm the first guy to you know be hard on him but he's been been good although starting to starting to have you know some pull-offs and stuff and you know it just gets easier every time you pull off to, to keep doing it so i don't know how bad he was hurt yesterday but you know, right now he's the he's the rock of that team with partridge gone for the year so that was nasty and what were they thinking weege with that over under bridge and the under part like what's going on with that that was a massive miscalculation i think you should blame you you're the one that's always pushing yeah. for that thing. <laughs> Pressure from the fans. <laughs> I, I mean, I just want them to line it up correctly when used, though. I didn't. I guess I never mentioned that. I've never specified that. So maybe that is my bad. I just that if you went on the outside of that bridge and you tried to go to the inside of the next turn, you were going straight into the stands. Wasn't well thought out. Yeah, the problem was that it hooked. You know, the, the, the over-under bridge is straight. So it's like you had to turn left, go straight for however wide that is, what, 20 feet, something like yeah, that? Yeah. And then the track started to turn to the right, yeah. which pretty much is bringing you right toward the, the wall of that. Although I, Bowers crashed there too, but I guess, he, I guess he didn't crash like that. I think he crashed under it, but not in the same way. But it just seemed like an accident waiting to happen. And uh, was for, for clarifying Tyler Bowers, he will be in his AMA national number this weekend. There was wow. a mistake there made. So, um, let's talk about... What was he running? Was he running number one? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. uh, red, not, red background. Yeah. And he just refused to take it off, and nobody wanted, nobody wanted to go over and tell him. No one would say anything. Him and his dad, dad seemed very angry, stuff. so they didn't bother. They left him... Yeah. Let, they let a sleeping dog lie. Um, no, he, he had 911, and he earned a national number, and you can't do that anymore, Ping, as you may yeah. remember. So, yeah, I know. Hey, what about Cole Sealy, though? Before we move to the 250s, uh, is this a surprise to you, Ping, what he's doing? Um, no, not really. I mean, look at, look at how he did last year. Shoot, he was putting in 
top tens a couple times in his rides last year, a little inconsistent, right. which he's been this year again too a little bit. Um, I think it's kind of just his his progression. If you look every single year, he's gotten better and better and better. You know, getting that opportunity again, I think he was more comfortable, you know, working with the team and the crew. He kind of felt like he'd already been there, because he had. And he's able to, you know, I think he's, he's just getting better. Every year he gets better. The, um, the, the, the thing with him is he's got to go 250s again next year. So he's not not really showing anything. His the super agent locked him into that long term deal with TLD, which is good and bad. Because right now, if he has a decent outdoor season and he wasn't under contract, he could be legitimately be a player for a good spot on a four fifty team. You think so? Yeah. Ooh, like where? I don't know. Somewhere. I, how how you like that analysis? That, that analysis somewhere. Um, two fifty class. Let's move on to there. Barsha Wigant, uh, he, is he going to get beaten? Is he going to run the table? Uh, I put the odds against running the table because here's all you need to know. It only happened one time ever. Ever. It did? And Carmichael won every race in 98. That's it. It's only so, happened once. James Stewart never did it? Nope. James Stewart, if you recall, should have won every race in the East uh, in 03. But he knocked okay. himself out in practice at Indy. And then when somebody asked Jimmy Button, how did he get Josh Hansen such a massive contract from KTM? He said, this is at Loretta's. He says, Jesse Hicks, well, remember, he had to race James Stewart at East Coast in 03, and he, he won Indy. And everybody was like, oh, my God, he beat James Stewart. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Stewart crashed out in practice. He didn't beat him. He just was entered in the same race and won. So he won. Yeah. So anyway, Stewart didn't win every that, race that that's, year. That's agent trickery right there. Yeah. Those damn agents. But, but these are professional race teams. How could they fall for that? Sorry. I know that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, and, yeah, and then Preston beat him one year, and then he knocked himself out. And is so my a, point is, just because Barsha's won the first three. But, he, but he's won the, dude, he's won the first three, but, but looking like, like Jesus on a motorcycle. But there's been plenty of dominant guys in the class before, but only one time ever has a guy won every race. Who beat? Plus, Ch- I feel like Barsha. Who beat as Chad Reed? Wild as he, huh? Chad Reed lost one race, right? Yeah, I think Jessman beat him the last race of the year. So that's my point. Like the best of the best of the best have dominated that class, but they don't want it winning every race. So just winning three. He just looks. The other thing is, as Barsha is a wild child, Barsha is considered. I could easily see him one night just. If he gets a bad start or something happens, just saying, like, you know what? I'll just take second and make sure I don't crash out of the points lead. Like, I can see that scenario. Yeah. I don't see him going all out to try to win every race. If he needs to not win one just to take some points, I, I think he would actually do it, even though most people think he's crazy. I don't think he'll. he'll I, was, uh, I was very excited for the Rocks and Barsha Mano a Mano race, and there was, it wasn't there. There was the Bogle Rocks and Mano a Mano race. But, uh, Barsha just pulled away. Is there somebody different? I mean, Wolf Baggett got the ass chewing of a lifetime. He loved Daytona. He goes fast there. Yeah. What if he pulls something out? What was up with Baggett, do you think, Wygant? And he made no excuses. Credit to him. Didn't say anything. Um, that was not good. Yeah, but here's the scary thing about Baggett, and this is kind of what I was writing about. 
when he has this unbelievable speed, it's unexplainable. And then when he doesn't, it's unexplainable. Like he doesn't, at least he never said what happened. What happened last year outdoors? Where did it go away? Where was it? Why did he go from as fast as you've ever seen anyone be in that class to then just getting like seventh in some motos? Or how does he win? He's won some supercrosses and then he just yeah. just gets ninth and he doesn't know why. Like that's bizarre. Sold his that's soul to the Chucapabra. Sold his soul. Chupacabra. Whatever it was. <laughs> Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah. There we go. Sold his soul. You know? You know, there was, there was a lot of talk when he came out of amateurs. He was inconsistent. You know, he, he wouldn't win championships. He'd be really fast, but then he'd crash. Or he just, he didn't get it done. You know what I mean? When it was like three motors at Loretta's. And I think there was a lot of people skeptical when he came into the pro ranks thinking, well, he never got it done in amateurs. You know, why, why would it change now? And then he had he showed these flashes of speed. He won that he won that race on the Suzuki, which was a little bit asterisked. But then he showed crazy speed in the summer, and and again the next year. But it's kind of the same old story. If you look back at history, he's you know when it comes to consistently staying up front and at least being on the box every weekend, he's not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Blake Wharton was good again. I feel like Blake uh, a little underrated. He's been good. You know what you got to ask Blake? What? He he told me, and I, I'm like, I, I'm thinking there's no way this can actually be true. I think he told me, this was at a party I had here at my house, and so I had had a couple drinks, admittedly, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he said to me, I'd never shaved my face. So I was asking him about his little like Dirty Sanchez mustache thing he's got going. He goes, no, dude, I've never shaved my face. Yeah. I think that's Can that be true? No, that's too many cocktails wow. by both of you. <laughs> well, you got to ask him, because yeah. next time you see him, just at least clear it up for me. Yeah. Um, no, he was good. Blake Warren's been good, I think. 4-4-3 uh, four, four, three in, in three races. So... And in that class, you know, just stay upright and get those podiums and go four four three all day long, and you'll end up with a good finish at the end of the year. I feel like Blake has uh, got speed and just kind of always overlooked. You know, he's kind of quiet, doesn't do a whole, I don't know. But he's, he's, he's been good. So uh, let me ask you this. I'm still blown away by that shaving thing. I'm just yeah, I, I, rendered speechless. I'm yeah. telling you, I, I swear that's what he said. you got to ask him. For sure, I'm looking into this. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jay Canada. Sixth. Oh. Sixth in the points. Oh, Canada, indeed. Been wanting to yeah. use that line for a while. That, that, that's got to be one of your surprises of the year in that class. Huh? I mean, who would have thought that? Yeah. Do you know what him? Do you know him at all? Uh, I don't know the kid. Yeah, he trains with Charles up here. He's, you know, nice enough kid. I loaned him a bike once. I kind of was a little salty because I loaned him a 125 once. Here and he go. never said thanks or anything else. Just, like, rode it wow. for a while and then gave it back. I was like, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it wasn't my bike anyway. It's Yamaha Media bike, but I'm like, you know, still. Yeah, yeah. A little salty. A little salty taste in your mouth. Well, you know. But he's a nice kid. I, I see him up at the gym over here all the time, and seems like he's a hardworking kid. And, you know, I don't know. I think he's he's doing I, well for that team, Moto Concept. He surprised the heck out of me last year on the 450. And right. I, I, uh, I don't know if that was a fluke or what, but he can, he can obviously ride. Yeah. What have his finishes been? Sixth this weekend, but then what? 
796. He's been like the top placing yeah. guy that you're like, huh? You know what I mean? All the yeah. heavy hitters have been there. So I wonder about his last name growing up with that last name. Is it, is it a curse? Is it a blessing? What is that like? One can only guess what your opinion would be on that. Do you think high school kids made fun of that? Like, I don't know. I think called him a hoser. Or, on one you know, hand, I like, Threw I think bacon at him. one time I thought that would be, I think that would be awesome. But then I can see the side where it wouldn't be very fun growing up with the last name of Canada in America. You know? I mean, does any have you guys ever heard of anybody being named Canada before? No, not a common name. Right? Is it, have you ever heard anybody being named after a country at all? Like, you know, a, do you know, a, do you know, <laughs> named a, after as if they chose that? Do you know a named Germany? Do you know a George Libya, or <laughs> you know, an Arnie Pakistan? Like Russia. Yeah, like Russia. Do you, do you know anybody? Good point. Good point. Felipe Switzerland. <laughs> I just can't see it. Um, no. So, and, and, and Arnold Congo. Well, Congo could happen. Anyways, um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's not a country. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, Republic of Congo. His last name has to be Republic of Congo. Yeah, maybe. They're very different. Maybe that's it. What about, uh, hey, honestly, and I'm not just saying this, still talking about Canada, I'm not just saying this because he's Canadian, but Cole Thompson's last lap of the heat race was epic. He, he was t- trailing Tyler Bowers for the last spot, and he jumped the triple. He hadn't been jumping all day and reeled him in and made the pass on super aggressive, docked 25 points for rough riding in the Arena Cross Series, Tyler Bowers, and got the last spot in the last turn. It was pretty good. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, and the exclamation point is who he did it to. Yeah, like, yeah. The most fearsome beast on the track. Like, you do not – that he – Bowers is supposed to – and in the LCQ, I think everybody was pumped because Bowers is, like, in position to have to do some crazy block passing, but it didn't have to happen. But it's like the last thing you think is that someone would sneak up on Bowers and just pass him in the last turn of a transfer spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it had to be a bummer for him. Yeah. It, it, he won the Arena Cross Series pretty easy, didn't he, Ping? All right, Weege. I mean, he – Yeah, not talked about much was that he had a 25-point penalty. Yeah. He still won by about 25 points. Yep. So that gives you an idea. Right. I think he won 13 out of 19 races or something like that. Like, uh-huh. it's just ridiculous. But it's weird. They don't even look like the same guy. Like, you watch Bowers in Arena Cross go through the whoops, and you're like, no one can go through whoops on a motorcycle faster than that. <laughs> Come on. Come on. No, he, he, he's legit out here. Like, even practicing out here, I've seen him, and I'm like, I, I, you just feel sorry for the wheels on his motorcycle. <laughs> You know what I mean? He yeah. just pound, He just hammers them right to the roughest line. He's good. What, you telling me he stunk bad there in St. Louis? It, it's in like the whoops? a different guy. Or what? No, not even. Um, the whoops, they really weren't much of a measuring stick for anybody. Yeah. But the point is just that it's just weird, and this is any of the arena cross guys, that you can be such a beast in one thing and then just be another guy out there. You don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's yeah, but man, it happens. It happens anywhere though. Look, look at Mathis's heroes up in Canada. Yeah, I use that analogy all the time because I always I'm blown away when I go up there and I watch those guys ride. I'm like, what in the world? Why are they not? Yeah, you know, Why racing it? for national wins down in the states, and then they come down here and thank you, Pam. Yeah, he had a he had a 
he had a couple decent rides last year, didn't he? I guess. Yeah, yeah, he did on the tour. tour but it, but it's just not the same. It's not the same guy. You watch him, go, yeah, he looks tentative. He doesn't have the confidence. That's just the bottom line. The confidence is gone. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean Bowers in particular. I mean any any of those guys in that situation. Like you watch them in a rainy cross, they don't look slow. Like you're like these guys are legit. I guess you'd say the same thing about the Canadian Nationals. Just they don't ride the same. It's it's, it's funny how that works. Yeah. I'll bet if you watch that uh, Russian Bob slay it over in you know yeah. Moscow at some local track, yeah, you'd be like, "Wow, Crayer Meats is awesome." Crayer Meats, yeah, I'm gonna get me some Crayer Meats. But then he comes here and he's you know, right. human. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's uh, well, Ping, certainly you've done enough of these stories where you've raced all over the the world, literally. And gotten beat down by some dudes at local tracks, mm-hmm. right? Where you're like, "Holy shit, I'm David Pingree, and these guys are." There's there's fast people all over the world that on their little local tracks are heroes. Hey, you know but... who's you know who's quietly doing all right? Anyone? Anyone? Who? In the in the fifty class? Who's eighth in the points? If I had to tell you who's eighth in the points without either one of you, Weech, who's eighth in the points? Oh boy. Um... Hunter Hewitt? I don't know. I, I got nothing. God damn it. It is Hunter Hewitt. What? <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Woo! That was like a clutch. <laughs> Just desperation heave. Swish. You were really, you were really taking it hard, too. You're like, oh, God, I don't know. I, I don't know. Pings like a fucking... Oh, right. Hunter Pings Hewitt? Like I'm like, oh. <laughs> He's beating Malcolm Stewart, Kyle Cunningham, PJ Larson, Alex Martin, who I believe got seventh in the points last year, beating him, uh, beating Matt Lemoyne. Beating Filthy huh. Phil, Nicoletti. Um, well, okay, take away Filthy Phil. Um, but he's beating all those guys. Hunter Hewitt, 12, 8, and 12 through three races. Gets you eighth in the points. That's good. Yeah, but 12, 8, 12, those aren't really – those aren't great finishes. Wow. Okay. All right. Is it? I mean, hey, really? Hunter like, Hewitt, I Ping, Ping just pooped all over you. Good job. No, I, those aren't – I'm just saying. Okay. That gets you, you know – I yeah I think you have to think the three races only three races it's not a good sample size like like poor Mookie was a bike not running away from I mean he could have won his heat race in Atlanta he was riding well enough to win his heat race right. and instead he ends up getting zero points for the night which is out of three races a huge um, yeah well difference. yeah his finishes are six and seven in two mains right. Right. So twelve eight twelve, he's better than that, but he is behind him in points. Trying to um, trying to pop up Hunter Hewitt, guys. I guess uh, I guess I'll bother with I'm that. Not, I'm not. I don't mean to knock Hunter. You know. I guess I'll just move but, on from there. Um, what about? He's good. Maybe he can you know work off of that and get himself a sixth or a fifth. Good job. What about Jeff Gibson? Up there for a while, and maybe maybe the arena cross, uh, the the arena cross skills got a hold of him because he he faded pretty bad. I think he ended up crashing too at one point. But for a while there, it was uh, getting back to, you know, early night or late nineties with Jeff Gibson running up front. He was riding good. Yep. Why again? Wasn't there once a um, internet um, Rupert X battle over if Jeff Gibson had Chad Reed's Yamaha Troy bike, he would be doing just as well as Reed? I think that well, was a big battle on the internet back then. I definitely don't remember, but I do remember some would Ryan Clark would do well on a factory bike. I do remember battles like that. There you go. There you go. Hey Ryan Clark, is he still riding on the west on the east coast? Yep. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He was in St. Louis. <sighs> um. Okay. Uh, let's. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
no takers and targets on that. Bobby Canari, four, four 14th places in a row. Is he still a professional fisherman? What's that? Why again? We're like bursting at the seams here with Ryan Clark. <laughs> Move on. Maybe, maybe we should ask Greg Alberton what he thinks. Yeah. You know, apparently, apparently Albie has quite a, quite a strong opinion. We, we were actually sitting in the press box. Ivan Tedesco is at the race, and he was sitting in the press box with, of course, actually, I never see you with Kenny Watson at all at the races ever, Mathis. But for some reason on this night, Watson, without a headset, great team manager that he is, just sat in the press box with us. Yeah. He didn't have a headset on, correct? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Right. Do that. No, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, Tedesco was there with him. And then before the heat race, Irv Braun said, and one of the strong privateers on the 124, Ryan Clark. And we were like, wow. Yeah. Still out here. And we kind of looked at, because Tedesco, you know, he's our Albuquerque guy with Clark. And we just kind of looked at Ivan. Yeah. Oh, that's all I got for uh, um, Irv, Irv is a terrible announcer. He is, <laughs> he is terrible. I mean, what is it? What, how do you pick and choose? Who like you sit there and sew your lips shut when we talk about Ryan Clark, who clearly should not be out racing Supercross still. But Irv Braun, okay, finally somebody got who, it. Good point. All right, Bing. Gotcha. <laughs> somebody had a to say. Staple at the races. He may suck, but he's you know. It's Irv Braun, man. And you just crap on his face right now. I, I mean, I will tell him that to his face. After I put, put the, pull the crap off, I will tell him, you're terrible. Like, you, you, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, the thing with, with Ryan Clark works, too. I mean, I was going to – it's like Emmett Smith. It's like Emmett Smith playing for the Phoenix Cardinals, you know? Like, what are you doing, Emmett? What are you doing? And I feel like Irv Braun is soiling his legacy – by continuing on making mistake after mistake after mistake. You, you, you talk to some announcers, you talk to some people at Feld, they tell you, you know what, Irv can talk all day, and that's a remarkable talent to have. And so apparently just talking all day is good enough. You could talk about anything and make tons of mistakes, but if you can talk all day, you got a job. Now, why again? I know as an announcer, you back me on this. You just don't want to say anything because everyone's going to get mad. Yeah, then it's going to assume I want a job or sour grapes or whatever. Why again? If, but, um, if they went to you tomorrow and offered you Irv Braun's job, what would you say? Thanks, guys. I'm good. I, exactly. Thank you. I'm good. I don't need to be the, the I'm not going to, no, I don't need to be the live announcer for the, the PA. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But I will say, I'll go this far. In the early 2000s, um, Tim Cotter brought me on to be like pit reporter with his Cotter and Irv were the announcers. And Cotter was, it was one of those deals where I was like, if they just give me a shot up there, I could really do a good job. Oh no, it's harder than it looks. It's so much harder than what you don't realize how hard it is for those guys. It's so difficult what they do. It's so hard. And I'm like, well, if it's so hard, let me just try. I don't think it's really that hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't think it was nearly as hard as everybody said it was. I right. really don't think so. Right. And I'll throw this in. Then we started doing these webcasts at the Nationals, and I think we probably had a revolving door of about 35 different people at one point announced. I mean, Ping, you were at some. I think we even we had you at us, I think, at some, right? I did a lot of them. Thanks for remembering. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's what I mean. But the my point is we just – we had tons of people. It wasn't that hard. No. It wasn't like there were only three people on the planet who could handle this. <laughs> like it was like, hey, somebody's on the infield. Hey, come on up. Yeah. 
Wasn't that hard. Basically, it was Davey sending everybody to the booth. Yeah. Wasn't that hard at all. No. It wasn't like no. magical talent that no one else could have. No. Ir- Irv makes a horrendous number of mistakes during the course of a day. <laughs> I mean, well, I- the, the fantastic part is you can't hear him. Really? Well, I, I mean, how many points? The only when there's no bikes running at all can you hear what he's saying. Yeah. No, you got a point. I mean, I, no, a little bit more than that, but, you know, I don't know. Listen. It's really if, background if, noise. If Thank he, God. If he's listening to this podcast, Irv, you do a terrible job. If anybody fails to listen to this, <laughs> Irv does a terrible job. I, I, I will go to the top of the mountain and shout this out. Now, Ryan Clark, yes, struggling. Yes, went from a semi to now trolling a trailer uh, behind a – uh, an SUV, but you know what? Hey, whatever. He, he's got some skills, and he's using them, and I can't do that. So maybe, so, what? so maybe I'll be easier on him than I will be on Earth. That's all. All right. <sighs> I feel better. Um, anything else? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wesson Pike. No, what's left after this? Wesson Pike got a rock star Yamaha ride, so he's 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 racing for for that team now. Um, definitely, definitely, when, when you're Yamaha and you're halfway through the series and you're saying we got Canari and Pike and we're <laughs> and we're going racing, that's not the way they they envisioned it for sure. Both good guys, both doing well as best they can, but there's no other way to look at it than Yamaha going, oh no, oh no. Who are the two riders that they are filling in for? They're filling in for Stroop and Morris, and also Izzy now, because he was going to fill in for Stroop. Right, the Stroop and Izzy. Man, yeah, I, you would have thought that with Stroop and Izzy. I mean, who who saw that coming? You would have thought that this would have <laughs> never gotten to this point. I mean, those guys are the rocks of the new young, talented group of riders. And even And even, let's face it, I mean, Ryan Morris, I mean, he is, I mean, you know. If you want to talk about somebody with just consistent starts, staying injury-free, Ryan Morris. I'll even give you that. I'll even give you that. That's true. I mean, Ryan Morris, for sure. You know, and God bless Ryan. I love him. Good guy. Should have won the Golden Wrench with him in 99. But just saying. So that team's team's been hit hard. Yeah. Let me, Several of those riders you've mentioned make a an excellent case for Greg Albertine's point. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Uh, all right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for doing the. I feel like we were a little bit lackluster today. Sorry, everybody, for listening. Um, apparently, I no. like this one really. Oh, you do? I'm disappointed to hear that. Oh, well, I felt like there's a lot of pauses and not a lot of. I felt like we 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 hit a high with Ping getting paid by KTM, a skiing trip. <laughs> I felt, like, never recovered. I felt like we were on a high and we never got back to that point. I, I, I mean, I did like that very much, that Ping, <laughs> Ping gets free trips to Austria by KTM skiing. You hear that, Honda? I've never been to Tokyo. Come on. <laughs> or even Torrance. You'll even take a trip to Torrance. <laughs> oh, Ping, Ping sitting on a – you ever been to Honda, Ping? Or we? Have you guys ever been there? Yeah. It's this massive complex, you know, with all these buildings. There's Ping out on the grass, spread out. Got a trip to Torrance today, boys. Taking it all in. <laughs> little little, little kiddie pool in front of him. 
All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for doing the uh, BTOsports.com uh, Racer X podcast show. Jason Wygant, David Pingree, uh, St. Louis wrap-up. Thanks, guys. And uh, same time, same place next week where only Weege will have gone to the race. Only, <laughs> only Wygant will have gone to the race. You're, you're holding it down, Weege. The rest of us are watching on TV. Yep. Please don't get battery acid in your eyes and not be able to see. <laughs> don't worry. I have a feeling that this will be paid back in full over uh, races after Daytona. Actually, we may not even be doing a podcast next week. Why can't you're super busy? I definitely can't do it on Tuesday. And you so can't, yeah, I don't know. And you can't do it Wednesday. Don't you have GNCC? Uh, Tuesday's GNCC. Wednesday, I can. Wednesday, I'm flying back. It might be possible on Wednesday. Jeez, it's a short, it's a short flight though. It's just Orlando to Charlotte. It's only like an hour or so. So maybe yeah. we can do this. Yeah, we'll have to maybe we do it. Mathis just not even watching the race. Yeah, so neither, neither one of follow us. Follow Weege's tweets and then go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Bob JT, have JT pull your guy at the race roll. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we can always do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have to do it. Or Timmy, I'll delegate. Yeah, I'm the boss. I'll delegate. Damn, Mathis. Yeah, um, come on. All Up right. Arrow. Well, thanks to you guys, and thanks for KTM for for Ping's Austin skiing trip. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Cheers, right, guys. See you boy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.